she's one minute she's in a kitchen, you know, cooking stew for her for her soldiers and her children, and the next minute she's she's on the side of a uh, of a tactical uh, calling in artillery fire. Welcome to Stratfor's Pen and Sword Podcast. I'm Fred Burton. Today, let's look back at the battle to retake the Iraqi city of Mosul from the Islamic State from a different perspective. Dan Gabriel worked in the region as a CIA counterterrorism officer. He has made a film about the months-long door-to-door battle that left the city in wreckage. Mosul is his first film. Dan, welcome to Stratfor's Pen and Sword Podcast. Fred, great to be with you. I got to say, Dan, the film was grueling and at times gripping to watch. The The visual of the war and the shootings and so forth was hard to take. How did you manage to get all that footage? Well, I tell you what, that's a testament to the local Iraqis uh, that not only did the fighting, uh, but did the filming as well. Uh, so the, the story of the film really goes back to uh, the fall of 2015, uh, my company, we were doing some work for the Voice of America, uh, for El Hura Network, which of course broadcasts around the Middle East. And we, we did a two season series on ISIS defectors. So the first season uh, was about 13 episodes. Uh, we interviewed defectors from all over the Middle East that had left ISIS. Uh, of course, this was, this was the beginning of the end for that organization. And we, we were able to find using fixers. Uh, find these defectors that had decided they made a bad choice and, and wanted to get out of ISIS. Uh, as we went into the second season, uh, the, the year after that, we're really getting to you know to the end state of, of ISIS. Uh, and one of the final battles, of course, was the, the battle for the city of Mosul. And our camera crews had tremendous access to the Iraqi security forces uh, and, and really all the different militias that were participating in the battle to liberate Mosul, which was Iraq's second largest city from uh, from ISIS control. Dan, you've got a very interesting background. Uh, I I know from just being in the business for a while uh, back in the day before 9/11. Uh, you joined the agency 2 years after 9/11. Uh why did you want to join? Well, Fred, I think you know for for my generation I'm I'm 42, so uh I had just graduated college and uh watched on television as as the World Trade Center fell and, and the Pentagon burned. Uh so I think it was a it was a motivating motivating and inspiring event that drove a, a lot of people in my generation and, and subsequently to to join. Um my contribution was was to join the agency, uh the CIA, of course, and uh had the had the great opportunity to serve in Iraq. Uh, as well as Afghanistan and, and other parts of the world. And, and I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, working at the agency, we, we always love Stratfor. So uh, I can't tell you how many people uh, there uh, routinely access your information and insight to the region, uh, even though they were sitting in the, in the world's greatest intelligence agency. They always, uh, always look to your writing and insight. Uh, and, and frankly, I think a lot of people that left the agency and, and went into business uh, had had strapped for as kind of a, a business model or uh, you know kind of a what to do after after life in the agency for me it was it was going into film uh, at least and giving a shot at doing a TV series and, and then the film Mosul. Well, first, thank you so much for those very kind words uh, about Stratfor. We we certainly try to make sense of the world. Now, after the agency, you go to NYU and also the University of California to to focus in on making films. 
Right. I learned just enough about filmmaking uh, to be dangerous. And of course, most <laughs> of what I did was on the post-production side. Uh, we dealt with 80, 85 hours of footage uh, is what went into making this film and, and going through, of course, all Arabic language material. Uh, probably if I had to do it again, I probably would have done my first film in English, but uh, certainly doing an Arabic made mm -hmm. it a little bit more complicated, but I think more authentic as well. And, and getting back to the filmmakers themselves, so the, the, the guys, and well, I guess it was all guys that were running the film crews, and we, we had several of them approaching the battle uh, with different uh, with different forces and from different sides of, of really the city. Uh, and I think that's why the, the film has a perspective that, that brings in uh, not just the Sunni perspective, but also the Shia militias, uh, the Iranian influence, the Kurds, the Christians. So it, it's all there. And, and people have asked me, why did I choose, you know, Mosul? Uh, we could have done Raqqa or, or perhaps Fallujah, of course. Uh, that city had, had so much um, uh, so much pain that it suffered over the last 15, 20 years. But I think the story of Mosul is really about the different groups that make up the city. Uh, and, and that really is why we titled the, the film Mosul and, and didn't include ISIS in the title. So, of course, it is about ultimately defeating ISIS. But the story is really about the people of Mosul and the different ethnic groups that make up that city, which is why it's such a vibrant patchwork of, of really Iraqi life. Yeah, it was simply amazing. Now, I know, Dan, even with my own writings, I tend to go back to some of my old cases where I, I really have a sense or I need to have some closure. When I look at your film, was there something that drove you back to Mosul specifically? You know, so uh, the last time I was actually physically in Mosul uh, was 2004 to 2005 and actually had, had gone up there on TDY from Baghdad. I arrived the day that the, that the dining facility was blown up uh, so a, a lot of a lot of yeah. um, a lot of our guys that have been in that part of the world remember that day. Uh, so I was there for a very short period of time, uh, but certainly it was it was something that uh, you know that that stuck in my memory. Uh, and, and really, Mosul back then in, in 05 and 06 wasn't the worst place in Iraq. It was you know, a lot of our attention was really more in the Sunni Triangle down in, in Fallujah and Ramadi. Um, but as, as we see the significance of Mosul, uh, being where the caliphate was declared, why, where, uh, Baghdadi declared, um, you know, Mosul to be the, the capital of the caliphate, uh, as well as its proximity to the border and everything that was happening in Syria, it, it made it for a significant, uh, piece of the story of, of ISIS and the defeat of ISIS. You have so many interesting characters from Nasser, the, ISIS captured detainee to the crocodile. Talk a little bit about these characters and who did you like the best? Well, I appreciate your, your acknowledgement of the, the focus on characters. You know, uh, modern television and, and film is, is really heavily character driven. I, I think if you made a documentary 20 or 30 years ago about Mosul, um, it would be more of, you know, something like you'd be used to seeing on the Discovery History Channel, you know, back in the, in the 90s. Uh, but this, what I, what I wanted to do was really to put these characters uh, up front, uh, and, and for it to be their story, so that ultimately they could connect with uh, with the audience. And you know, we've had we've, uh, early early on in the process, we we ran focus groups and different, of course, different demographics identified with with different characters. You've got Um Hanadi, who's this really dynamic, uh, charismatic, fierce uh, female Iraqi widow, and she's a widow not once but twice. She's lost two husbands, two ex-husbands to, uh, to ISIS forces. And she, uh, she comes back with a vengeance and pulls together her own militia, which is 
course, funded by the Iranians, which adds a little color to it. Um, but she's, you know, her, her camera presence, her stage presence is, is just so powerful and, uh, resonates with, with a lot of women. She's, she's there. She's one minute, she's in a kitchen, you know, cooking stew for her, for her soldiers and her children. And the next minute she's, she's on the side of a, uh, of a tactical, uh, calling in artillery fire. So the dynamic characters are very much part of the story. The, another guy that you alluded to the alligator or I'm sorry, the crocodile is, uh, is kind of our tour guide through, uh, through Mosul or to Mosul, I should say the story really, the, the way I tried to tell it was, was modeled almost after what you see in apocalypse now where we travel, you know, from Saigon where, where things are bad and then kind of deep out into the, out into the field where things get even more dangerous, uh, and more confusing, if you will. So the story really is demarcated by a, a journey over time and over distance from Baghdad up the Tigris river, uh, to Mosul. And, and as I said, as, as we, as we progress through the journey, we meet these characters and, and understand that, you know, what they're telling us and what they're saying isn't isn't quite accurate. It's really a heart of darkness. That's right. That's where we're going for is that uh, is that heart of darkness feel in, in the Iraqi desert. We'll get back to our conversation with Dan Gabriel in just a moment. The movie Mosul is Dan's effort to provide context to the rise and fall of ISIS. Context and analysis is what we do at Rain and Stratfor. And that's why Stratfor's worldview content is an extraordinary option for you to understand not just why things happen, but what happens next. The coronavirus pandemic has affected every single aspect of government, business, life, and technology. How we as individuals and societies manage these risks has direct implications for the broader public interest. Individuals and businesses are turning to Stratfor and our parent company, Rain for risk intelligence that cuts through the hype to focus on what they need to know, what to expect, and what to do. Because we deliver intelligence. And right now, it's time for intelligence. Please check out Worldview. Podcast listeners can take advantage of a special subscription rate by visiting stratford.com slash podcast offer. That's stratford.com slash podcast offer. Thank you. Now, your journalist, uh, Ali Mullah, uh, he's captivating to me. He, he's an incredible guy, uh, and we actually used him for the TV series as well. So so we knew what he could do on camera and, and really the rapport that he builds with the subjects uh, that he that he interviews, that he comes across. Uh, and his understanding, really, first and foremost, as an Iraqi, I think there's a there's a parallel uh, to uh, the other figure that we that we meet, which is uh, such a powerful figure, which is Captain Allah. And they, they share this camaraderie, I think, in, in terms of both being young Iraqis, you know, probably both in their early 30s at the time, and both having a, a sense of patriotism and duty uh, to rid their country of, of ISIS uh, and, and to play a, play a role in, in what, what goes forward after that. Dan, when you put the film together, looking back on it now, is there anything that you would change? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that the process overall took so much longer uh, than I thought it would. So the filming takes place really between, let's see, October 2016 uh, through the summer of 2017. And then it took a, another year and a half to uh, to really get through all the, the dialogue and, and pick out the important parts and, and kind of construct the story, the post-production, the sound, the editing. We have a... Um, 
We have a soundtrack that was an original soundtrack created by a composer in LA. Uh, he's, he's a former British DJ who goes by the name of Fotec. And it's, uh, it's, I think, a very powerful soundtrack. It'll, it'll probably remind you maybe of uh, Passion of the Christ or, uh, or, or some movies that are really culturally centered in, in the Middle East and have a really authentic vibe for, for, the, for the music, the, the musical score. Um, but, you know, the distribution is, is an interesting part of the whole process, too. And I, I think that was one of the surprising things to me is that each part of the process, you, you kind of engage a different part of your brain, if you will. And it requires a different focus and, and a different uh, tempo and a different um, attitude and approach to, to how you're going about it. So, you know, from start to finish, from having an idea, I want to tell a story about Mosul to getting it into the theater and screening it at, uh, at your first film festival, which for us was Cleveland, uh, Cleveland international film festival. It's, um, it's, it's a really, it's a really fun and, and rigor, rigorous journey. I would say. Dan, do you miss the agency? Every day. <laughs> that, that's an easy one. Every day. And it's, uh, you know, it, it was great to see the reception, uh, by some of my old colleagues, um, who are still in that part of the world, uh, or still on the uh, the problem set of violent extremism and, and their reaction. And and I'll tell you, you know, we uh, we, we did a screening in D.C. Uh, about a year ago for you know people in the know, people frankly that would listen to this podcast, and it was it was received well. And, and to, to some extent, any criticism of the film may be that it's a little bit. It's a little bit too DC, too Beltway, too in the in the weeds for for kind of your average Netflix viewer, uh, or I should say Amazon viewer, because it's on Amazon Prime. Um, but if you stick with it, and and it is all in Arabic, and again, that's in keeping with that authenticity. We didn't want to just dub over, um, you know, the uh, the language. So, it, it, I think it get good reviews for for uh, for that effort. How or where can people see the film? Well, it's on iTunes, uh, it's on YouTube, and it's also on Amazon Prime Video for free. Now, are you working on a new film? Well, I'll tell you what. In, until this pandemic descended upon us, we were uh, we were very excited to to look into. Uh, I don't want to say part two or a sequel, but essentially a continuation of telling stories from that part of the world. Uh, and it was a, it was going to be a look at the conflict between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Wow, uh, which we could colloquially call uh, uh, the conflict between Sunni and Shia Islam, um, but we've got great access in Yemen, uh, in Iran, in Syria, in, in parts parts of the in, in Lebanon as well, uh, parts of the Middle East where you can tell the story of that conflict uh, as a proxy war. And in fact, that was the the working title uh, was going to be called Proxy Proxies, uh, and. That that kind of got put on pause uh, about the second week of January, and of course it, it was things were really heating up there, as we know, uh, the first week of January with the with the uh, the dust up with Iran. Uh, but then you know what happened in Wuhan uh, started happening here in the United States. Now, when you're not making films, what do you do? Well, I have a government contracting company. is is kind of the day job. Uh, AM LLC is our company. We actually do a lot of work for the Veterans Administration, a lot of health IT. Uh, as well as some some research and uh, analysis that's taken us in an interesting new uh, direction to uh, to tackle this problem of contact tracing. So you know, as you know, if you if you've listened to Dr. Fauci and, and the task force, uh, an element to get uh, our society back to normal uh, to emerge from this pandemic, in addition to testing, is going to be contact tracing and understanding uh, where index patients, uh, infected patients. Uh, have traveled and, and who they've who they've been exposed to and who they have exposed themselves to, so that we can get a sense on how far this uh, this disease has spread. 
That's pretty cool. Now, how do you go about doing that in the weeds? I'm fascinated by that. Well, the whole the whole effort is about six weeks old. Uh, so perhaps check back in, in in another six weeks. But we're we're starting at the state and local government. Uh, and I made a couple assumptions, kind of when looking at this as a, as a business um, uh, as a business effort. And and the first is that the state and local efforts are are going to be at the front lines, and they are at the front lines. But they're also the ones that are going to be because they're at the front lines. They're going to be the ones that that put in place uh, these types of efforts. So whether it's testing or contact tracing. And I, I think what we already see is that, you know, frankly, the lack of uh, a, co- a coherent, cohesive government response has forced the state and local governments to to kind of set out on their own and and and, and start these efforts that they may otherwise have have preferred to wait for CDC to come in and lead, but they can't afford to if they're if they're going to be opening their their economies back up in the coming weeks uh, and they want to get back to work, they've they've got to start uh, moving forward. And in, in, in this case, uh, it, it, in some in some aspects without, without direction from CDC. Yeah, that's certainly most interesting. Now, if folks want to get more information about uh, your current work on COVID, where could they find that? Absolutely. They can go to our, our company website, which is amllc.co.co. Um, so like I said, we're, you know, we're starting at the, sto- at the state and local government level. Uh, I think that's uh, where, where the rubber really meets the road. We've already had uh, about a half a dozen calls and initial meetings uh, with interested parties. And their question is, is how much and when can you start? Uh, you know, so they like our methodology. Uh, the methodology is something that we've kind of customized from, from the work that Johns Hopkins has done and CDC and World Health Organization and, and kind of customize it and tailored to the, the reality of, of this pandemic uh, in, in April, May of 2020, where we are right now. Well, thank you for what you're doing there. Mosul, the film, is the work of Dan Gabriel. Dan, it's been a pleasure. Fred, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Stratfor and our parent company, Rain, can help you understand the why behind what's happening now. Because what happens next, well, that's up to you. You can find out more about Stratfor at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Fred Burton. And thanks for listening.